Good evening, good evening. Hello, Matt. How are you? Good evening, Johnny. Or good day, should I say, over there. I am great, and I had a stellar week. <laughs> Feeling very positive about life at this point in time. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, the weather is um, getting better and better. So beautiful outside right now in Toronto. I just had a call with a customer and he was pretty happy with um, what he he was able to do so far with Surreybot. So yeah, pretty good day so far. Nice. We ha- have the opposite in weather effect. My wife and I actually had a fireplace installed today, which we're super excited about. The uh, colder weather is definitely starting to make its way in. I think uh, I, we spoke about last week how I went to the Kruger Park, and I don't know if I if I said this or not, but the weather at the Kruger Park was ridiculously hot. So it was like thirty eight degrees Celsius while we were there, and it's always hot up that part of the country. But when we came back to Cape Town, it was very noticeable how much colder the weather has become over the last couple of weeks, because we went from thirty eight to probably low 20s and we're hovering around the low 20s at this point today was 18 degrees but yeah having a fireplace is something that's been on our list we've every house we've had up until now has had a fireplace and when we did the renovation we didn't put one in because it wasn't quite in the budget but uh luckily i've got a kind mother who decided to gift me a fireplace so that got installed today and we're super excited about that for the winter and having nice cozy times around the fireplace Hmm, that's interesting i've never heard of someone putting in a fireplace afterwards but isn't there like a chimney involved it's firewood (laughs) right that you're burning just want to make sure that fireplace doesn't stand for something completely different in south africa no so the fireplace that i'm talking about is a closed combustion fireplace so it's one of those units where you put the wood in you you light you light the wood create a little fire put your logs on top and then you close the door and it burns inside this um, you know, small little room. And through that, obviously it generates heat and that gets passed on to the room where it's um, placed in. So, yeah, it's the same thing. When we did the renovation, we had a different fireplace. So we had a chimney for an open fireplace and we decided we didn't want the open fireplace because we had issues with it where like when the logs would burn they would sometimes burst and flick little kind of embers onto the floor in and damage the floor in and we wanted to have this closed combustion fireplace put in place so we kind of set everything up to have it be put in we just didn't put it in so the flue's there the chimney's there and it essentially just needs to be kind of installed and connected so what it looked like was just an open space in the wall where this unit was supposed to be placed. <laughs> and it's been like that for a year and a half now. And obviously during the summertime, we definitely didn't need the fireplace, but it's one of the better times to buy a fireplace because you get good specials because nobody's installing fireplaces. We had just not needed it. or not, not needed it. It wasn't in the budget up until when my mom decided to give us a gift and it's installed now and it looks great. And super excited about it. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm one of those people that because I'm living in a condo, there is no fireplace. So Mm. during the summer, I would regularly 
turn on to these YouTube channels where they put on eight hours of burning it could be flames, <laughs> burning fl- yeah, like a fireplace. So I would uh, have my TV on while I am working, and I'll hear the crackling of the burning logs. It's quite incredible how there's there's nothing like that sound, or you know, even the experience of watching fire burn. Like it's mesmerizing, and I can sit around the fireplace. I love it when we go camping and we build a fire. I could literally sit there for like three to four hours, just staring at the fire, not saying a word, just watching it, watching it burn. It's incredible. I don't know what it is, but it's it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yep. Uh, what about uh, on the business front? It must have been um, a pretty productive week from the look of things. Yeah, well, it didn't go down in flames, just to carry on with the <laughs> the fire metaphor. <laughs> Sorry, that was corny. Hopefully not. <laughs> I actually, I had a week and um, yeah, I had a week. I was on fire this week. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. <laughs> um, I had a great week. and You sound pretty lit. i am as little as i can be (laughs) Um, our listeners are cringing as they listen into this right now it's like a series of bad dad jokes right (laughs) because we're coming in hot into their earpods i'm gonna stop now (laughs) i can really feel the people just turning off the podcast and not wanting to listen any further Let's cool it down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Sorry. We must apologize (laughs) for our antics. This might be the highlight of my week. (laughs) It's all good fun. So to get back to my lit week, I had a, yeah, unintentionally great week. On our last podcast, I had just committed to one small thing, and that was to get the plugin WP Discussion Board listed on a new marketplace. And yeah, like I just felt quite inspired at the start of this week to actually like start moving the needle in some ways. Just wanted to get stuff done. And that's exciting to me because I haven't f- had that feeling in a long time. And it's a feeling that I've missed where. I feel motivated and I feel energy and I feel like, Hey, like things are getting back on track. I'm like recovering from this burnout that I've experienced and I'm moving in the right direction. So that was great. So I just started like tipping away at like different items that I had known needed to get done with WP discussion board, mostly in preparation for the sale. So the main thing was that I, like I committed to last week was I got the plugin listed on FlipWP, which is a WordPress-specific marketplace. I think the official listing goes out on Monday. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any response to the listing and see if there's any interest. But as part of that process, I had to get the financials up to date. So I worked on that, got all the numbers together, read the books for the last three months that I've obviously neglected until that point. And yeah, gave them all the information that they needed. They wanted quite a bit more information than MicroAcquire asks for, which was quite interesting to me. So yeah, I'm excited that I was able to get that over the line. But I'd previously spoken about how I hired a writer to write five articles for me. And I had been sitting on these articles for probably at least like six months, I would say. They were written last year. And I just never got around to posting them. So so one of the things that I decided 
to do this week was kind of make this week a quote unquote marketing week. So I decided to go and take those articles and post them to the blog on WP Discussion Board. And as part of that process, like when I started going through the articles, it was a little bit disappointed because I hadn't read them or reviewed them when I kind of received them from the writer on Upwork. And I started noticing like things that I was a little bit unhappy with, but it's obviously far too late to send them back now for revisions. So I did a few of the revisions myself and I got all the articles posted. I created graphics for each article and then started tweaking around and (laughs) doing a little bit of a refresher on the websites as well. And I was actually extremely happy with the results of how it turned out. So if anybody's interested, you can go to wpdiscussionboard.com to see the refresher that I've done. You might not know what it looked like before, but you can at least see what it looks like now. I was super happy how I was able to take a design that I haven't been happy with for a very long time. Even when I when I initially did the design, when I bought the plugin, it was just a temporary put something up that looks better than the one pager than I received. It was using this dirty blue color and the font that I was using, I was using Pharrell Around, which is a very, I don't know, if you ask me, cheap and nasty font. Apologies if anybody uses that font on their website. But I went and I, and I switched it all up and I used inspiration from a bunch of different products that I really, really like. And yeah, I got inspiration and put together something that looks really fresh and I think will help and aid me in the sale of the plugin. I think it looks a lot better than what I previously had and hopefully a potential buyer will see that and notice the difference. So yeah, I, I spent time like tweaking SEO things, getting the articles up, changing the design and just making things look a little bit fresh. So excited to see what that does once the listing goes live next week. Yeah, so I'm just looking at it right now. The website is fire. <laughs> is it on fire? <laughs> that can be a good thing or a bad thing. It could mean the server's gone down and I need to sort it out or you you, you like the result. <laughs> you know that fire emoji? So that's mm, what I, okay. I'm referencing here. That's a good emoji. Yeah, it's very clean. I like yeah the good use of white space and rounded corners. Yeah. Love those. Yeah, so I took a lot of inspiration from Jung Fuch, actually, from Banabee, and used similar typography because I really like this size. And that Jung Fuch has a seriously good sense of design. I've always liked his design style, and he previously ran a whole bunch of other products that I've been following him for a long time. And every time he released something, I was just like, wow, this guy is an amazing designer. I love his work. So I had to... uh Lend a little bit of, or at least get inspired by his latest design from Banabee. I just really like the results. It's one of the nicer designs I feel like I've worked on in recent times. And it's simple. It's like nothing fancy. It's really, really basic. But that's what I like. I like these kind of minimalist, basic designs. I think it looks fresh. Uh, you mentioned that from the writer, you got some articles. And one thing I want to follow up on is where did you get the images or illustrations? Like what's your standard? Do you go to a stock photo site? Like how do you pair your articles with uh, images or illustrations? 
Yeah, it's a good question. I don't create the illustrations myself. I create the image myself. So I'll open up Photoshop and I'll create a image the size that I want it. In this case, I want a lot of consistency between the kind of header cards or at least the article cards between each article. So I came up with a standard kind of format for how to look. Blue background, a small kind of category that sits atop the, on top of the title. And then I put the title of the article on the actual header card. And then what you specifically talking about is I added an image to the side of each card. And I used one of my favorite resources. It's a website called thenounproject.com. I don't know where the name comes from, but it's an incredible site for an extremely low amount. You can either buy an illustration individually or you can pay, it's currently $40 a year and get unlimited access to every single illustration, icon, photo that they have on the site. So it's a lot of icons, drawings, doodles, that kind of stuff. And I just took one of those, I kind of searched a keyword, found an illustration that I liked, and then, yeah, stuck it on the card. And it looks simple, but neat and, and tidy. And, yeah, I think the look kind of is quite appealing. Nice. Nice. I definitely, I'm going to check it out and um, include it in the show notes. I've never heard of this website, but it looks, uh, I mean, I can see the results, right, of your design. And they definitely look very good. So I'll check it out and include it in the show notes. There's another website that I used to use called flaticon.com. And that's actually free. So you can get icons for free, but you have to give a tributation to the author of the icon that you use. So you have to link back to their website. So, you know, if you're not wanting to pay, you can go there. But the noun project for, you know, $40 a year, the amount of icons that are available is incredible. And the level of quality is like really professional. So that's why I prefer the noun project. Nice. Yeah. Two very good resources that I'm definitely going to take advantage of. Is there anything else that uh, you want to update us? No, I think that's it from me. How about you? How did your week go? Yeah. So... On the positive note, <laughs> I've read through the first piece of content of this uh, new writer that I'm working with. Hopefully, after our call, I'll put it up and maybe steal something from you from the conversation that we had. And and maybe I'll, I can spend some time on designing these uh, small little graphics. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So that's the positive. Had a good call with the customer as well. One thing I noticed that is when you're not building the software from scratch a lot of the stuff you need to pick up you need to learn so the customer called because there was one problem that he was having problems with the facebook ads they were working it's just when the ad traffic goes into the chatbot for whatever reason he's just not getting any responses so you said something that intrigued me there you said the customer called did he get hold of you on the phone? <laughs> uh, well, we had a Google Meet call. Ah, okay. But he emailed you first. You're not accepting phone calls at this point. There used to be a phone number, well, which I don't own. So I took off oh, wow. everything. Yeah. And I also removed the chat widget because I was getting like really low quality conversations. People sometimes would just stumble upon the site because... When people use a chatbot, there's um, a menu that they can open. I think it would say something like supported by SurveyBot or 
powered by SurveyBot, something like a phrase like that. And when you tap in there, this is within Facebook Messenger, it will go to SurveyBot's website. And I'll get sometimes really random questions on like whether scholarships are being approved or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I think certain academic institutions is using SurveyBot for collecting information. So what were you using for a chatbot? Were you using Facebook Messenger or were you using something like Intercom? I'm using Intercom. Well, I was using Intercom, but it's no longer there. Okay. You know, for a service like ours, I don't think that makes sense. I'm a little bit confused. So a university would send out a survey to to students, for instance, and the chatbot would say, this is powered by SurveyBot. They would click the SurveyBot link, go to your website and try get help on the SurveyBot website, thinking it's actually the university and ask you about bursaries and things like that. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> That's very interesting. Not everyone would do that because it's not very prominent. You have to go to the hamburger menu to open up mm-hmm. the, you know, the extra options. And I think one of them is start the survey again. And then I think at the bottom, there is a powered by SurveyBot link. Mm-hmm. So if they click that, then yeah, it will go to the website. And that's where these inquiries would come from. So what was the ratio of good requests to like nonsense requests? I would say like 90% is, well, maybe 80%. Yeah, it's not value, valuable requests. So yeah, sometimes there will be people selling stuff. You can configure it that only people who log in can send you a message. Maybe that will be better because they have to sign up, right? But when I initially got the website, it was on the homepage. So you could ask about pricing. I mean, there are certain people asking about pricing. Ask, they would ask about how to use or how it works and whether it supports this other thing, right? And I think those conversations are okay, still not super valuable. And especially when you have a freemium product, they should just sign in. <laughs> they should just sign up and then ask those questions if they're serious. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So you got rid of that. Yeah, well, it's technically not a, close integration right now someone would have to go to the facebook ad center and paste in a snippet from SurveyBot. i think this is really my fault in the sense that i need to run a small scale research project and use SurveyBot really eat my own dog food and just use it and even run my own ads maybe there's a topic we can talk about you know, what sort of research do you want to do? <laughs> Should we ask about, I don't know, anything related to politics? I think that's that might be too sensitive, like a political survey. Maybe sports? <laughs> that could also get pretty, or, or I don't know, like movie. Uh, How about uh, asking what people think of Elon Musk buying Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Well, in all seriousness, I think what I would do if I was in, in your shoes is I would definitely like you say, eat your own dog food. So you're having an issue with Facebook ads, set up an ad campaign, run a campaign. And I don't know how good Facebook targeting is at this point, because I haven't set up an ad in a long time. I used to do quite a lot of ads. But if you could target an individual that you know, or, or somebody that's willing to help you out, target them and get them to interact with the bot. And from that, you've at least got a control environment that you can do some testing. 
I don't think you can target yourself, but if you could target yourself, that would be cool too. Run some tests and start trying to break the system. Like start trying to break your software. Survey bot. And send like funny characters and send like, you know, 10 responses immediately after each other and just see where the system breaks down. And you've got a lot of login in place. So that's helpful from that perspective. But I think that would help open your eyes and identify issues that you didn't know of before and maybe even lead to the discovery of the issue that you have in now and the possible solution for it. Yeah. And I think this is something that Peter Zoom talked about because he's building reform. So there are these websites where you can buy, like someone would register a domain, put a logo, put a Twitter account, like basically bundle everything everything together as if you have to start something, start a company, start an online brand. And he would buy one of these brands and pretend that he's a customer of Reform and try to customize the website and embed a Reform into the website. That way he's truly dog-fooding his own. Where did he write about that? Was that on Twitter? No, I think I heard from his podcast. And I actually went and looked at the website and maybe we can include in the show notes if I can find it. But it's a, it's a fairly interesting website. I think you can buy for like two fifty, three fifty. It has a logo. It has a it has a domain, and it has a whole bunch of other things. I think, or maybe a landing, like a very basic landing page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen them for sale on Flipper.com. Yeah, yeah. The sole purpose is that you can you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to think about your domain name and you know your logo and all that yeah. stuff that is pre made mm-hmm. for you. So he was just kind of creating like an imaginary email provider or something like that, some some kind of brand. And then he was trying to use Reform to do the uh, intake, I think, of new customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's something that I want to mimic. That way, it's the only way to truly run these you know, Facebook ads and really test out the system in ways that I might not discover you know, issues. Yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. And then there's a whole lot, a lot of yak shaving that I've done this past You're week. You're going to have to explain that term because <laughs> it threw me for a curveball when I first heard it. So I'm sure there's people that are wondering what the heck is yak shaving? Yeah. So when do you use yak shaving? So sometimes you are working on one task in order to complete that task, led you to another task. And then that task might lead you to a whole bunch of tasks. And then in the end, you almost forgot what you were working on at the beginning because you're so far downstream. And I don't even know why it's called yak shaving, but I've heard about it. And then since then, I believe because a yak is an animal and a very large animal. I've never, (laughs) I saw a picture of one. So at least it was a cartoon. So I don't know if it's a real life animal. It's definitely not an animal that you get in Africa. I'll tell you that for sure. And it's huge and it's got a lot of hair and shaving it is obviously a massive effort. I mean, maybe that's what it is. So it's just like a lot of effort from, you know, trying to shave this massive animal all over. Might have something to do with that. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, yeah, the massive amount of yak shaving for me is due to the legacy of the stack. I put it down in our document. I probably have forgotten what exactly I was trying to do in the first place. But I just remember at the end, I was trying to upgrade the stack and in order to upgrade the stack to push it 
to production, I had to build a brand new Docker container because the stack was pretty old and I had to build my own custom container for the very first time. I had to hand roll my Docker container because there isn't one that is readily available. It's one of those things that I definitely miscalculated when I acquired it without going through exactly which version of Rails that they were using. And I think this is definitely a lesson learned that in the future, if I get the chance to do diligence, I will definitely list out you know, all the dependencies. I would ask to list out all the dependencies. I think there was a, a suggestion that I read somewhere from a newsletter where you want to ask questions like, if I were to implement this feature, can you describe in as much detail as possible how you would go about doing it? And I think that's a fairly good exercise okay. as a buyer. Yeah, yeah. Well, within reason, right? I, I don't know like whether the seller would actually entertain that, but it's definitely worth a try. Yep, for sure. So commitment for this week, what are you committed to, Matt? Yeah, this was a tough one because I'm not sure kind of what's next at this point. You're all said and done in life. You're completed. Your life is fully complete. No, I don't wish that to be the case. <laughs> and it's not the case. <laughs> I just, um, yeah, having some thoughts around kind of what I should focus on next. And obviously there's this project that I've been kind of teasing out for a while now that I'm wanting to move on to, but I also want to get closure on WP discussion board. I'm not sure if I should get closure first on that. So yeah, I don't think I'm going to commit to anything on WP discussion board at this point, because it's pretty solid. The work that I did this week, I was happy with, and I think it can kind of sit and let's see what happens, whether it gets sold or not. Can we say the fire in your belly has been extinguished? Yeah, no, I mean, the motivation's there, but but I very clearly stated last week that the intention for WP Discussion Board at this point in time is to get it sold. That is still very much the case, and I would like to get it sold so that I can focus on something that has better alignment with what I want to create and the value that I want to add to the world. So unfortunately, Discussion Boards aren't that thing, <laughs> so it's time for me to sell, and I hope that I find a buyer. We'll see how it goes. I'll obviously keep the podcast updated progress on that front. I've decided this week, I spent some time doing some some thinking around development methodology and an approach that I should take to building this new product that I want to build. And I decided that I want to leverage as much of what already exists as possible from other people and build it in a faster way than I would usually approach a development project. So when I typically start a project, I, as a developer, usually does spend a lot of time thinking about architecture, sometimes even creating my own framework for a plugin, sometimes, you know, over-architecting things to the points that, you know, it's ridiculous just so that they can scale even though I don't have users, things like that. And, and this time I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste that time. So I want to see if any WordPress plugin frameworks exist and use a framework. I don't want to write the framework myself. So I'm going to commit to searching for a framework, seeing if I can find one. And if I do, starting to play around with it and hopefully it becomes something that I can use to get this new project built very quickly. 
So that'll be my commitment looking for the framework. What about you? Yeah, so for me, I'll publish the article and uh, set up the ad campaign, run an ad, test it out. Well, first of all, I need to learn about Facebook ad creation as well as how to run them because I haven't I haven't run a Facebook ad for a long, long time. Yeah, once I have that, then I'll be able to figure out what happened to that customer's ad traffic. Mm-hmm. So the yak is still not shaved, and I uh, need to finish that, finish shaving the yak, which is to say that I need to deploy the upgrade. So I upgraded the version of the, of the stack, and uh, I need to make sure that it gets pushed to production. Are you talking about Rails here? The upgraded Rails? There are multi-parts, so I need to upgrade Ruby first, and then I need to upgrade rails to the next version and then i need to upgrade the ruby underlying ruby and then i need to upgrade more <laughs> on the rail side so it's like a staggered update and i don't think that is definitely not the most important i mean the future upgrades it's um something that i need to do but it's not absolutely time sensitive so i i just need to do this one single update first and then we'll be done with it for a little bit oh and there's one more thing by the way oh. so Tomorrow is going to be Good Friday, and this is actually episode fifty-two of I did uh, not Grow Realize that. I mean, I knew it last week. I didn't know it this week. That's a year's worth of episodes. Maybe there were only one or two weeks that we skipped, but there were also episodes where we had multiple episodes in, in the same week. So mm-hmm. roughly, it's about one year, and it was also on um, Easter Sunday that my deal got started. I totally remember the deal got resurrected on Easter Sunday because I received an email from the seller coming back. It was a dead deal for like three to three, two to three weeks, I think. Yeah, they moved on. I moved on. And yeah, that's uh, very cool. A year later. Until next time, let's, would you like to do the honors? Sure. Show notes can be found at buygrowrepeat.com. I'm at Matt Jerry on Twitter, and Johnny is at Johnny Tong. And this episode is edited by our good friend, Rory Yonkakao. His Instagram is at Radio Rory. And if you've got any feedback, 52 episodes into the podcast, and (laughs) if you are listening, let us know, (laughs) because it would be nice to hear from some of the people that listen to our podcast. So hit us up on Twitter, at Matt Jerry and at Johnny Tong. And yeah, have a good week. We'll see you next week. See ya.